millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to this week's episode of Is This Place Haunted? Ooh, that was quite scary. Was it? Anyway, I'm Lauren. I'm Olivia. And yeah, welcome to our new episode. This week's episode, I think this, as I said to you before, I think this may be my favourite episode we've done. I, I, I'm sure it will be actually, to be honest with you. Like, because I started researching it a few days ago and um it's like there's so much content on there like there's so there were so many experiences like you start scratching the surface and you're like oh my gosh there's so much to cover here that like there was so much that I wanted to cover that I'm like I'm not going to be able to cover everything and do it justice so I've tried Mm -hmm. to like highlight the good ones (laughs) maybe good is not like adjective but the the interesting ones yeah also I was thinking um well, I said to you earlier today, I was like, oh my God, there's like so many other episodes we could do out of this. There's like the, what do you call it? The triangle thing, what's it called? The Bermuda Triangle, which yeah. everyone forgets about, which is mad because it's mad. And um, abandoned airports, like so World War Two ones and stuff, nonsense. 100%. I actually was watching an episode of Ghost Adventures in the Riverside Plane Museum field thing. That that is mm-hmm. the that's the full title of the episode. <laughs> we'll call uh, it that. Like it's wild how haunted airplanes are. It's just wild. I actually have some spooky footage, and um, I'm going to put that as a reel on our um, Instagram because it it's so freaky. It's like the security guards just checking a plane in the dark of night, and there's like a you know those shadow people things. It's like one oh. of those is on the plane. I would shit myself. By the way. Oh. I would just walk. I would just. I would just walk out. I just would walk out. I can't do it. I just walk out. I just really walk out. Money in the world. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, 
I was like, oh, no way. But um, yeah, there was there was also so many. There we'll, we'll talk about it. But there's there was yeah. so many weird experiences of like people just being on planes and shit happens and whatever. I was like, mm. and I like hate flying at the best times. Um, honestly, like tra- traveling over from Northern Ireland to Scotland on that wee propeller plane has been like uh, <gasps> exposure therapy. <laughs> yeah, is that is that the plane that you go over with? I'm being dramatic. It's not a tiny propeller plane. It's just a smaller right. <laughs> regional plane. It's it's not like the World War Two Spitfire that I'm about to discuss. <laughs> um, I was like, oh my god, because I'm going over like in October, and I was no, like, I've never fine. been on a plane like that. It's grand. <laughs> it's just a smaller plane, but you just kind of feel the bumps when you're landing a bit more. But it's actually quite cute because there's only two seats on either side. Oh, that's nice. Quite intimate. Like you're on a private plane. That'd be nice. That'd be mm-hmm. nice then. Intimate. Do we have anything else we want to discuss before we kick off the episode? Like any interesting news? Um, as as a shock to to probably none of my friends, your girl's been diagnosed with ADHD. Mm. Yeah, that's no shock. <laughs> no shock at all. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure, of course. <laughs> I was like, um, you meet eight out of the nine criteria. <laughs> I was like, okay. I'm like not surprised to that, but like I'm glad you've been diagnosed. So how are you um, finding it? So I started um methylphenidate yesterday, which is basically like the American like um, in America I think they call it Ritalin or like Adderall oh type God. things. Um but he was like, people will know they've got ADD or ADHD because when they start it, like in most well people, it would be like speed. You'd be like, <gasps> like on edge oh and everything like that. Whereas it makes me calm. It's so weird. All right. Yeah. Isn't so, that strange? It's so bizarre. So like when I, when it started to work yesterday, I was like, and it literally just felt like the 10 tabs in my brain had been closed and it was just one yeah that's just that's how it wild and I was like oh my god is this what a normal brain feels like and I was actually able to focus on one thing at work and I'm on like I'm going up to a bigger dose next week so the only way is up but yeah I, totally I also was well, like I don't want to out. lose that like that kind of slightly mental side of myself like I, <laughs> I will want a break from the meds to be normal yeah just come off it when you want to be particularly creative or whatever exactly <laughs> coming off it I'm like I'm off it this weekend let's get Canva going oh god yeah mm, yeah I did say that though I was like I hope it doesn't take away from your sprightly spirit no I don't think it will but it's helped at work for sure and um do you know what it's very validating to get a diagnosis and be like oh my god it's not just me and it was really interesting speaking to the psychiatrist because he was saying that a lot of women are super highly functioning and like it just doesn't present like how we think it does with a problem child and everything like that and he was like often like parents will be like no they were a great child and stuff like that because mm, mm. they can hide it so well um yeah yeah it's like when the doctor diagnosed me as well to be far too good looking I was waiting for what this for me. <laughs> what was this I thought you were gonna say sexy bitch too good <laughs> yeah just too sexy <laughs> I was like I know thanks for validating that <laughs> but someone's got to do it um, fabulous yeah quite good news that is good news my only good news because um 
my good news to speak is that today I you know how I do weightlifting uh-huh. because I'm trying to like get a brand new board I lifted like almost my body over my body weight today and times I was like and doing deadlifts and even my trainer was like oh my god that was like he's not he doesn't speak like that but he was like <laughs> he's like that was that was really good Lauren and I was like oh thanks thanks Ryan that was so cool and he was like yeah it's really really good he's quite I've got to say my PT is is really good I'm enjoying yes. spending time with him I, think I, get, I would be his friend hmm? I might get a PT you should my um I would be friends with him but he's like way too young like he's like 24 and I'll make like sweet jokes, like nineties jokes, like "haha, this gym's like Biker Grove or whatever." And he's, he'll just look at me blankly and be like, "What's that?" And I'm like, "Oh shit, I forgot you're like twenty years younger than me or something." Like that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get that. I, I know what Biker Grove was, but I wouldn't get it. All right, well, maybe that was a very niche joke. But like, <laughs> I, basically, if I said that to a millennial my age, I would, and they were like oh my god Biker Grove is amazing they would just start laughing hysterically and we'd like high five whereas he just looked at me like I was had two heads. I had some sort of dementia hmm? like you had two heads <laughs> yeah it, there's nothing more like scary though when you're speaking to someone who looks like a full adult but they don't understand any of your references or have the same do you know what I mean like and you think you're really cool but actually you're you're actually getting on a bit you know, I know. It's, it's <laughs> like, oh my god I'm getting on a bit <laughs> I am 30 a week tomorrow. I thought you said 30 a week. I'm like, I'm on 30 a week, whatever that is. Um, I, I that. know, 30. I want that. Um, I know, how do you feel about being 30? Which, by the way, I wish I was turning 30. I, keep I can't wait. You. I actually cannot wait. Like, the last half of my 20s have by far been the happiest I've been. And I just feel like you like know yourself like Ashley on Big Brother again a millennial reference like know yourself little girl but that was very specific well done yeah I do feel excited about it and I feel like we are we are brought up to dread it and feel like we're really old and I'm like 30 is so young like it is super young babes let me tell you this I had a shit 20s my early 30s were slightly better but it became shitter um and now I think in my late 30s I'm actually sort of enjoying life a bit more Absolutely would agree like, with you. Like, I know it's, like, dead losery, but I'm actually quite pleased that I sold my big, gigantic house Um, before, like, like, because see right now, financially, I would hate to own my own house right now. And, like, because yeah. I'm, I'm cur- listeners, I'm currently living with my mum for a bit, all right, for a bit. And um, I'm just glad I don't have the overheads that I would have had if I still had my house. It's crazy right now. Cost right. of living, mortgage rates, interest rates, inflation, like, is not in tune with like everyone's salaries wild so i'm just gonna live here forever probably okay well till next year just get new wi-fi just, oh i need to get new wi-fi honestly and mom's refusing to get sky because she hates murdoch or something and i'm like i don't oh, think i mean am i with mom i'm with mom i get it mm. but i'm not i'm not subscribing to that evil empire <laughs> As, i i, I oh admire God, <laughs> I know, but it's for the podcast. Quite moral. Mm. Well, well literally it's like the nineties. On that note, shall we start yes. about haunted airplanes and shit? Let's go for it, babes. Let's wild this out. Um. Okay. Well, first of all, I thought I would talk about haunted airports. 
There's a wild amount of haunted airports. Again, a place I hate to be at the best time. Mm-hmm. I hate airports. I you hate Edinburgh Airport. Hate it. Uh, well, it's funny because I actually, because I know what airports you were doing, but I did a slightly deeper dive on Edinburgh Airport. So I've got a few experiences to talk about, which, by the way, I'm like, oh, I'll be looking out for those when I go back. But okay, that makes I me want to go love... a bit more. I know. No, it's quite scary. I actually, I like going to airports when you're going to the place, right? So you can get sauced up and you're like, yeah, fucking get duty free. Um, but coming back, I am, a, I'm always awful coming back from a holiday. Like always, always, I've just fallen out with my friend again there coming back from Naples. Um, cause I was so grumpy in the airport. And then I don't know, I, just, I hate not being able to drink when you're getting on a plane. Do you know what I mean? Cause you're driving home. Shite. Yeah. I hate airports because Edinburgh airport is never quiet. It's always busy. There's always people in my personal space. I hate it. So the first airport I am going to talk about is in Honolulu, Hawaii, in Daniel K. Ainaui International Airport. This is one of the most haunted airspaces that comes up whenever I started looking into this. Which, mm. do I want to go to Hawaii? I do. Um, do I want to experience mm, maybe this? Maybe not right now. <laughs> not at end. But an infamous sighting is called the Lady in Waiting, and she is commonly seen throughout Honolulu Airport. She is seen wandering about the terminals in a white dress and is seen pining and peering onto the runway. And she does look like she's waiting for someone or something to arrive. And fascinatingly, she's often seen walking about restricted areas in the airport that only staff could get into. And they'll be like, hey, you bitch. And then she's gone. <laughs> she has long blonde hair. And like I said, is walking about in a white dress. So the story goes that she had fallen in love with a man who had promised to marry her one day, but he never, ever returned. She was so heartbroken that Bastard. she her own life. And <gasps> this day is still waiting for him at the airport to come back. Now, why hasn't a second, like, boo, you do you. <laughs> I know. Don't be waiting on no man. Ooh. Are you kidding, babes? <laughs> um, so she is pretty visual in her presentations. But um, poltergeist activity has been attributed to her in Honolulu Airport. People have heard <gasps> toilet seats slamming, toilet paper being unraveled right in front of their eyes. Can you imagine that? By the way, <laughs> how terrifying that would be. Yeah, I, I would be. Oh my god, somebody's here watching me poo. <laughs> oh, like, toilet paper. Um, yeah, thanks for the little. An unseen force has also been felt sitting on people's chests. Now, I don't know why this part really fucking creeps me out, but it does. She has been seen as an apparition riding on the airport shuttle bus by herself at midnight. And the actual image of that in my head is so creepy. Yeah. I mean, I love getting on a shuttle bus, but never mind if it's like haunted. (laughs) Don't want it at the best times. The next airport I'm going to discuss is in Savannah, Georgia. This is the Hilton Head International Airport. So this airport is the second busiest airport in Georgia and there's reported hauntings by Richard and Catherine Dotson. They were both the former owners of the land that eventually that airport would be built upon. They will appear like clockwork right after sundown and they stand on the north of the runway and just watch the planes arrive, which is quite nice. (gasps) Lovely. So people will land on the plane and see them standing there and then when they get off, they're gone. (sighs) That's quite freaky, eh? It is. It's just going to get freakier, so 
So here's the warning. The next one I'm going to talk about is Chandler Airport, Fresno, California. So terrifyingly, in this airport, passengers have seen figures straight walk through terminal walls in front of them. Another haunting in this airport, which kind of sounds to me like a residual haunting, is that of an elderly man sitting in a now empty control tower. And he's seen supervising the, the planes that nobody else can see take off and land on the runway. So you can see him following them landing, but there's nothing there. Oh, my God. In what sounds like an absolute complete nightmare, kitchen staff at the airport have heard sounds of rattling through the kitchen in the middle of the night. A plate has been slid across the counter before it was smashed on the ground. And paranormal investigators actually did make contact with spirits in this airport. The next one I'm going to talk about is also in the States. And it's in Duluth International Airport in Minnesota. Minnesota. Have you ever watched Fargo? Have I ever watched what, babe? Fargo. Fargo, yeah, I totally have. Minnesota. Minnesota. You know what else is an amazing film that's set in Minnesota? Drop Dead Gorgeous. Absolutely. It's the best. I've not seen it. Best films ever. <gasps> Babes, you have to watch it. <laughs> it's like, it's literally the funniest film. It's got Denise Richards, Christian, what's her name? Sold. It's got all icons. It's so funny, honestly. Everyone, all the Huns watch it. Watch I was going to say, it sounds like a Hun film. It is a hun film. It's so good. I've watched it like a thousand times, I reckon, probably. I'm like, that was just my luck. That's quite a hun film. I love it. That, that is another hun film. I've only seen that once, though, so I'm not absolute like full scale. Absolute banger. <laughs> um, so in Duluth, Minnesota, tragically, the ghost that is seen in this report is felt to be that of a woman who was a, wor- a murder victim. The story goes that she is searching for her killer who escaped justice after he entered the terminal following brutally stabbing her to death. She can be seen wandering through the terminals and is kind of like looking for an answer. Uh, she can open and close doors and sets off alarms by herself. Um, <gasps> so I suppose that, like it's a double-edged sword of an unsolved crime and ghosts at that airport. Mm. How Also, how like massively inconvenient for the staff that she's just flipping the alarms on and off all the time. I'd be actually fuming. But then also imagine being able to get out of work all the time and being like, oh, alarm's going <laughs> to Yeah, totally. Bag break. Love it. <laughs> yeah, time. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about is in Bangkok. And I actually, I actually looked up the pronunciation of this because I was like, I do not want to butcher this. So in Bangkok, Suanapum Airport, this was built uh-huh. in 2006 and it was a replacement for the capital's older Don Myang Airport. Hauntings in the airport began before it even opened because construction workers began draining the brutal marshland it would be built on. And in this area, it translates in English to Cobra Swamp. Again, not <gasps> They didn't realise the land that they were draining was an ancient cemetery. <gasps> All the way in this, Gasp. weird occurrences began. They could hear disembodied chanting, moaning and wailing. There was actually fatal accidents that killed the workers there. Airport officials actually held a huge ceremony of cleansing to try and appease and banish the spirits after it opened. A baggage handler claimed to be possessed by a person called Mr Ming, who was the deceased cemetery guardian from the previous land. This man was blessed by the monks with holy water and returned to normality after this. Um, But the old... Um, cemetery guardian has been seen walking about the airport he just kind of continues to watch over the graves 
he's pretty harmless but he can be seen hobbling through the airport in a walking stick because he's pretty frail when he died and his soft voice has even spoken to several people but like I said definitely not malevolent presence kind of just keeping an eye out terrifyingly a pale woman is also regularly seen so she can often step in front of cars and taxis that are coming into the airport she's caused several accidents and she is seen to be carrying a baby and also one of the biggest events in this airport has been blamed on ghosts so an aircraft in this airport lost control and then skidded off the runway in 2013 people blamed the curses and the paranormal causes of building on that ground for the crash but actually a benevolent ghost air stewardess is actually said to have helped with the rescue for the patient the patients <laughs> get me away from the <laughs> now for the passengers <clears throat> i know what and, a bad bitch i know and in 2018 a plane that was coming into the airport lost control slid off the runway again and they blamed this on the curse of building on that land now, trigger warning for what I'm about to discuss. I'm about to discuss suicide here. So skip ahead a one minute if this is going to be triggering for you. Most disturbingly, the airport has abnormally high suicide rates. Many people mm. try and leap off of the high terminals. A glass barrier has been put in place to try and prevent this from happening. But many people cite the spirits there saying they're telling them to jump off. That's so spooky and believable actually why would you go to an air t- like why would you go there to, to you do that do you know what I mean unless you were told by ghosts yeah and obviously Thailand is a very kind of spiritual nation so they do hold regular prayer sessions at the airport to this day and they try and keep the relationships with the spirits that that live there harmonious as as much as they possibly can wow so I'm oh onto this. I'm onto the humdinger of airports. This one is wild. I could have done the episode on this airport. I don't know if you'll know the one I'm about to mention. I only stuck to UK ones, and it's very but, brief for most of them. So you crack on, honey. New to you. Yeah. Get, get ready for it. So the one I'm going to be discussing quite a lot is Denver International Airport in Colorado. Like I said, this is a wild one. There are so many conspiracy theories about this airport. I have oh, actually, I do know them. about this one. Sorry, I do. I do know about this one. Yeah, go. go. <laughs> so scary. I've touched upon all the conspiracy theories, but I've also touched upon the ghosties. So you will get the best of both worlds. So the first thing I'm going to discuss is the conspiracy of the New World Order, a.k.a. Illuminati. So conspiracy theorists love Illuminati theories, right? And after the airport was called the New World Airport Commission. The members are listed in this, but it also has Masonic Crest. So people were obviously like, right, okay, Illuminati, obviously. One of the more prominent claims is that there is not really an organization, but this is a secret code, nefarious and nebulous New World Order. The organization is not only a real thing, um, apparently the purpose of the organization was to promote and arrange festivities for the airport opening. And they say that the name comes from Symphony Number no. 9 in E minor from the New World, known as the New World Symphony. And people claim that this is where the Illuminati live, basically. <laughs> like to cut a long, <laughs> cut a long story. They live, they live in Denver, specifically. <laughs> like, there's, I'm going to get into it because there's so many theories that I can't tell you all just now and I will get into it. But 
people do think that they are telling us in plain sight that this is the Illuminati, there's new world order here, they're rubbing it in front of our faces and we're not even seeing it. And you know, I do love a conspiracy theory. I do. There's a few weird things. So there is inscriptions on the floor at various locations of the terminals, which has raised suspicions in many of the conspiracy theorists on the internet. Many claim that the engravings are in a secret language of the New World Order, but that's not true. They are actually a Navajo language of the Native American people. So the translations are as follows. Okay, I'm not, I'm just going to say in English because I really don't want to like butcher them. Um, But they translate to the mountain that is white, Tallow River, a mountain sacred to the Navajo people, said to be the eastern boundary of Dinata. In addition to these inscriptions, there's also an item inscribed on the floor, which people are like, oh my God, they're, they're, they're all planning to like get rid of us. So it's an image of a mine cart with the letters A-U-A-G inscribed on it. Now, for anybody who did chemistry, standard grade or the equivalent, A-U and A-G are the chemical symbols for gold and silver. And Colorado has a strong mining history for both gold and silver. So my brain was like, that's why. However, the people claim, conspiracy theorists claim, this inscription secretly reveals the means by which the Illuminati, reptilians, and or the New World Order will wipe out the bulk of humanity. So people claim that AUAG refers to a violent pathogen known as the Australian antigen. Antigen is something that actually triggers an immune response, not the pathogen itself. So make it make sense. And this is, I actually can't believe I'm going to say these words, but this has actually led to theories that they were going to create hepatitis to to wipe out the world. I'm like, I think it's silver (sighs) and gold. I think it's silver and gold. Yeah, silver and gold, guys. I mean, see if there was Illuminati or whatever trying to destroy the world. Could you start with the dumbasses that believe those types of conspiracy theories? Like, why are they waiting so long? <laughs> like, I know. Uh, and another wild part of this airport, and I will have to post photos on our Instagram because they, they, me telling you it will not do it justice. But there is apparently an evil agenda in the airport. After Leo Tanguma painted a three panel mural and it's called the children of the world dream of peace these paintings are not peaceful bitches my god like do you know it's kind of reminds me of prince harry's book when you're like how many loops did this have to go through that were approved before you thought it was a good idea none (laughs) none hoops (laughs) like somebody published his book somebody put these on the wall (laughs) like but you're not just like, maybe not an airport. Yeah. Maybe not an airport. <laughs> so it's pretty disturbing imagery that has stoked imagination with many people. People claim it's going to foretell a one world government, a fascist future of the new world order, brackets, Illuminati, comma, reptilians, etc. All these kind of conspiracies. And it's the, they're going to be the future of the world after they wiped out most of the population and the right wing will rule over humanity. Of course, this is a bit far-fetched. I'm like, isn't it wild, right? I'm sorry to go all political for a second, but isn't it wild that populists who, like, believe in that sort of shit um, are also vote for literal, like, contemporary tyrannists like fucking Trump and... Like the closest the world has to Illuminati in power. 
pretty much. Yeah, literally, yeah. those idiots are what you're voting for that you see is like what the Democrats are or whatever. Like, I, I just can't believe the what's the word? Like, the irony of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry to go off on one. You, you, <laughs> you just can't get through. Okay, so I'm going to discuss the first panel painting. So this is meant to represent horrors of war. It's seen with parents who are grieving over the, their dead children, buildings that have completely been bombed, children sleeping within the rubble. And terrifyingly in the middle centre, the kind of dominant part of the painting is a faceless soldier wearing a mask, wearing those kind of old gas masks holding a large sword in his right hand with a dove impaled on the end of it and the dove is meant to represent peace this is obviously felt to have pretty sinister overtones and he also has an assault rifle in his left hand so pretty violent Figures. pretty um pretty not what you want to see if you're just going to grab your suitcase after malia <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> you're just like off hangover don't want to see that um <laughs> in the second panel and i'll post these on instagram guys the second panel depicts um what are deemed to be impending disasters brought on by climate change so littered with dead animals bodies of a woman and, and a child lying coffins nearby um, bloody hell kind of showing that we as the human race will not be immune to the impact of climate change. Again, I do stand by the message. Um, but children of kind of all backgrounds, various races, ethnicities, look on with horror shock and behind them the forest is burning. So you're like, okay, what's what's the third one? Is it better? It, it, this one is me meant to represent hope, optimism, a sense of you know future planning people of all races nationalities are seen giving each other hugs smiling happily singing weapons of war are bundled in flags children bear them forward to be kind of beaten away and a broken statue of the soldier from the very first painting lies buried and forgotten so this artist meant to kind of depict humanity moving through its aggressive tendencies and kind of defeating all the challenges we might face as a nation and to you to I to most people listening we're like okay like it's pretty dark probably not a place where we're in an airport but yeah I get the message Especially for climate change yeah <laughs> it's I like get it. Get it. <laughs> we do we do get it but it's so funny it's like yeah think about the climate guys right before you get on that plane <laughs> like yes exactly like I get it and I agree with the message but not not how you've done it and not where you <laughs> yeah. and another piece of art that is wildly cited as why this is an evil airport is called Blucifer what so it is a giant blue horse statue that has glowing red eyes and is actually known as Mustang but people call it Blucifer because it's blue and and lucifer so <laughs> the artist who actually made the sculpture was killed by the artwork after a piece broke loose and severed an artery in his leg what <laughs> that death by art my god i know i know uh so people are like this is a demonic creation 
and people find it super eerie which I agree with that is really fucking eerie like that is weird um, but people are like this is proof that it's demonic and yeah like is it is it supposed to represent like Mustang, like the car or something? Is it like for, like Ford or whatever it is? So or is it supposed to? It's meant to it? represent the. It's meant to be a tribute to the artist who's called Louis Jimenez. His father. It's meant to represent his father. His father owned and operated a neon light sign shop, and that was where he, <laughs> the artist, learned to weld and paint and kind of how to do art really. And right. after his death. The artist's wife recounted a story when he heard a noise late at night and was really frightened by glowing red eyes in his living room. Um, got the fright of his life, realised that they were the eyes of his horse called Blackjack, who somehow had got into the house. This story's confusing, guys. <laughs> but he's somehow <laughs> yeah. He's just chilling, like, gonna make me a cuppa. And she kind of speculated after his death, because obviously he died because of the art uh she speculates that the red eyes were chose to kind of illustrate the points that things that seem scary to us are actually just unfamiliar it's like horsey and the blue color was chosen because the horse was um a blue rowan apalosa which is a mix of black and white hairs and it kind of makes it look blue oh lovely that seems pretty explainable to me yeah people run with it it does seem really demony if i'm honest i don't think i would have picked red eyes so yeah that was the story of this blue demon horse it does sound sound like a demon horse Mm, it does i feel like as well and there's still more to tell you guys i feel like one of these things i would be like okay like you're being a bit dramatic but all of these things in one airport i could completely understand why people think it's like pure evil yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit weird, isn't it? But like, they probably just have like all those weird Masonic marks because like the Masons built it or something. Like, do you know what I mean? Because like, it could not, be as simple as what we think. Yeah, like not being funny, but my granda was in the Masons. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. yes, we did find all those weird coins when he died, but it is just like a it, over here. It's just like a gentleman's club for like yeah. workers. <laughs> you know what I mean? How many of the old men do you see drinking in the Masonic Hall? Like Hunters. <laughs> <laughs> and West in West Lothian, yeah. <laughs> like loads. Mm. I mean, I've been to I've been to like funerals and birthday parties in the Masons. Yeah. <laughs> like... Literally. Literally. Uh one of this is a wild this is wild. And again, I'm gonna have to post photos to do it justice because do you know what? It does look like this. So mm-hmm. more theories <laughs> regarding the New World Order. And its new fascist re- regime that it's wanting to push upon the world is that the runways are organized in a swastika. Oh God. Now right. you hear this and you're like, right, sure. When you look at it, it's actually a swastika. Seriously? <laughs> yes, I'm going to have to post it. Um, however, the kind of reasonings for this configuration have been explained that various runways are splayed out in a pinwheel design because it makes it easier for multiple flights to take off. Minimizes the chance of... In a, in a racist way. <laughs> like <laughs> They're like sitting there with their Hitler mustache like, yeah, it's just fine. <laughs> so it minimizes the chance of having to close all the rain... The rainways. Guys, just send me home. Close all the runways if there's bad weather, strong winds, etc. So 
that is the why they say it happened. But I did look at this map and I was a bit like, that's the swastika. That's really bad. Come on. I've just I've just typed in Denver Airport and the first thing that comes up is murals, horse, and then <laughs> are I'm gonna I, I, yeah I'm looking forward to you posting this but yeah, I can't believe I didn't get any of this in the research. It is a bit wild, isn't it? The whole yeah. airport's pure just like a mad portal to hell or something. <laughs> Pretty much. So the last kind of part of the conspiracy theories I'm going to talk about is <sighs> the guys. This is me reporting it. I don't necessarily think it. Okay. So the classic Spielberg movie, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, is where one of these claims come from. So in that film, a mysterious broadcast reveals the coordinates for the Devil's Tower, which is a Wyoming landmark that's really important to the story of that film. For whatever reason, those coordinates don't actually correspond to the Devil's Tower in Wyoming. Years later, the mystery of these coordinates was revealed and they actually indicated the location was Denver International Airport a dozen years before the airport was built. Right. That's quite wild. Wow. You that is quite strange, actually. I can't explain it. Is, is, is it just weird? I don't know. So you actually will realise, though, these numbers actually point to longitude and latitude of Alt, Colorado, which is a small town in Will County. Well, Alt, which is an acronym for a unique little town, which is one of the cutest things I've heard in a while, is closer to DIA than the Devil's Tower. It actually is more than 65 miles away from the airport. So those locations weren't, wasn't actually accurate. When you look, look correctly at the longitude versus latitude, and while the airport itself has a lot of misinformation, there's also a kind of degree of speculation as to what's underneath it. There is one claim that in addition to the known runways, there's secret runways buried just below the surface. And these are said to extend for four or five miles each. Whenever the time comes, whatever that time may be, whether it's Illuminati and Beyonce singing to us, who knows? <laughs> They could quickly be uncovered so that massive planes that fly the satanic elites can be ushered safely in the bunkers. It's kind of given Apocalypse AHS vibes. And yeah. so many sources, but they are unnamed and they are anonymous, state that there is a vast underground complex beneath the airport. And of course, people say that this is deliberate. This was engineered into the airport for the wealthy fascist elite. The claim goes that the airport, when it's being built, constantly had changing plans. The contractors were always changed and shuffled about, and there wasn't ever really a clear picture of what was going to be built, except the, and then I'm going to be like brackets, insert here, conspiracy theory, you know, except lizard people, Illuminati, Trump, Beyonce, (laughs) whoever you believe. And this is also kind of undermined by the fact that they always cite one anonymous whistleblower who claimed to have worked on this construction crew and knew exactly what was being built. So how much of this is like a Reddit deep dive made up? I don't know. But a lot of these are quite spooky in combination with each other. Yeah. I'm just going to mention a ghost because I've thrown a lot of conspiracy theory at you. So much like Bangkok Airport, 
This airport was built also on reportedly a burial ground. So it was actually built on a Native American burial ground. Of course it was. Passengers have reported hearing disembodied holy chanting. They've seen transparent figures walk by them. And of course, the fact that the artist that created Lucifer died kind of adds to the spooky vibes of the airport. That was a lot. You made it through the haunted airports. That was a lot. And my God, what an airport. Like, seriously. Let's go on holiday. Fly to Denver. Denver Yeah. Let's go to Denver. What's even in Denver? We'll just be sitting there with our like flamingo lilos, like, right, where's the ghosts? Where's the ghosts? Where's the where's the Masons? Where's the Illuminati? What's um I'm I'm just I'm just googling what's in Denver. Love it. I mean, I do they not is that where they ski on Real Housewives Beverly Hills and by the time they come down the mountain they've got like warm cookies? No, I think that's um that's it is actually. Aspen, that's where they go, yeah. Um oh there's apparently lots of mountains, mostly mountains actually can go on a railway. Um apparently food's good. Mm. Oh, there's a Twilight Ghost tour. <gasps> Ooh. Okay. Looking, we're going to Denver. We'll be coming from Denver. <laughs> we're going, we're hitting Denver, guys. No, that was super interesting. I didn't expect you to go down that route. I thought you were just gonna be like, and then a spooky thing happened. But that was like wild. I kind of started scratching my and I was like, I, ca- I have to cover this. Um, do you have any kind of haunted airport stories? Because my next part's haunted airplanes in particular. So do you like have any info about Edinburgh Airport, like you said? Well, yeah. I mean, I looked at UK ones. And to be honest with you, apparently the most haunted is Heathrow. Um, but it's the same old shite. It's like someone in, ghost- in ghostly overalls apparently like jumps on the rails and things, eh, not on the rails, like jumps out on people or whatever. Um, Gatwick's also haunted. Bristol's haunted. They have like, um, they have things like flickering lights, cold spots and unexplained footsteps. Um, but I was like, oh, it came up with like, also John Lennon's airport in Liverpool is also haunted by apparently uh, an RAF, it's got an RAF airfield next to it or whatever. And they see like oh. ghost planes and shit. But like, um, yeah, for Edinburgh specifically because that's kind of where we're from um one sort of mysterious figure one of the most common ghostly sightings reported at Edinburgh airport is that of a man dressed in 1940s clothing could be just a trendy looking guy to be fair this figure is often seen wandering around the terminal areas some witnesses have described him as smartly dressed man wearing a hat and trench coat reminiscent of a fashion from world war ii era i'm like not even kidding though in those areas of the airport, like terminal areas, when do you ever stand still? Unless you're in Literally. spoons. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Even in spoons, you're like, let's go get a drink. Yeah, let's let's immediately get up and get another drink before we get in this flight. Because, like, any time I've been to the airport, I've ran through the terminals. Like, um, There's also, apparently, um, there's been reports of unexplained occurrences in the elevators at Edinburgh Airport. Um, passengers and staff have claimed that the elevators sometimes stop on random floors. It could be just an electrical fault, to be fair. Even if no one has pressed any buttons, some people have attributed this to paranormal activity. Now, this did freak me out a little bit. Um, so apparently, visitors to the airport have reported hearing whispering voices and distant conversations when no one else is around. These voices are sometimes often described as faint and difficult to understand. While some skeptics attribute these experiences to acoustics or background noise, others believe they could be paranormal. I'm like, yeah, they're probably just like somebody in the background, like 
where's where's the smoking area? I need to have a fag before I get on the plane. <laughs> like just in the just distance. Go to the toilet to go to Japan, guys. <laughs> Apparently, there's cold <laughs> there's cold spots. Sudden drops in temperature um, have also been reported um, throughout the airport. Um, and these cold spots are also associated with unease and blah, 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 and all that. Um, on the tarmac itself, there have been reports of shadowy figures or apparitions seen on the tarmac, particularly around the runway areas. Some witnesses have claimed to see ghostly figures near the air- aircraft themselves at night. Um, they think it's to do with, they think this is associated with our hit, our long history with the with World War II military aircraft that used to land in the area. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, next time I go to the airport, I'm going to stop and be like, do I hear the whispering? No, I'm going to keep going. I was literally just thinking, I was like, I would love to have enough peace and quiet in Edinburgh Airport to be able to hear, hear ghosts. There must be some time of night, though, where it, is, it isn't that busy. Like, you know, because I don't think I see many flights at, like, you know, like, two, three in the morning. So there must oh, be, like, a gap. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Anyway, we should do, like, a investigation or something there. Yeah, Live I'm- at Edinburgh Airport, just before oh. Ibiza. <laughs> Okay. One of my friends actually works there. She's a air traffic controller person. Um, so really? I to ask her, yeah, if anything spooky's happened in the airport. It's freaky. But freaky. yeah, sorry. There was there was a lot more about because you were doing the bulk of the episode. I was like, let that bitch do her thing. Do you know what I mean, hon? Let's let's just vibe with the conspiracy theories. Do you know the most fabulous fabulous airport I've been in? Yeah. What? Doha. I, you know, I thought you were going to say that it was something in the sort of Arabic states. It is, it's fabulous. Now, do I support a lot of the Qatari views? I don't. I definitely don't. I'm kind of team Joe Life it. But that airport, my God, it's like golden, done in everything. It's got a gold shop, a literal gold shop. Really? Gold, yeah. That is fabulous, to be fair. <laughs> it's fabulous. <laughs> That's fabulous. To be fair, you, you, I mean, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna fly and from an airport, you might as well want it all gold. Do you know what I mean? That's I what you want. Very, like I am a gold gal through and through, and it was, it is stunning. It's got like amazing shops. It's, oh, it's so stunning. Much wealth, you know. Mm-hmm. Airport. No ghosts. I've been to Dubai, no ghosts I imagine Dubai would be similar. Probably no gins there. Um, you know what? You can drink at airport. You can. No, jinns, that's what they call ghosts in the Arabic world. They don't call them ghosts, they call jinns. They're like, oh, that's a jinn or whatever. And I'm like, mmm. like as in J I N N, not like Edinburgh jinn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, can you drink? I didn't realize that. I, think so, I, yeah. it was, like, banned. Like, I can remember seeing beers, but I, I got, <laughs> I can remember getting a pumpkin spice latte without coffee. So it was just pumpkin spice milk. <laughs> that's lovely. Uh, that's so you yeah. as well. So um. Cute. Do you know what the worst airport I've ever been to is? I reckon. What one? Pre- Presswick. Have you I ever been to Presswick? Yeah, I really like Presswick. Is it not fucking like a? It's not it's like Livingston Centre or whatever. Where like when you fly in, it's like, oh my god, is that even an airport? Or is it just like somebody's I know, garden? No, I like that. Edinburgh's too much for me. Yeah. To be fair, I've been to something. some. Yeah, actually, Sophia, when you're flying out, isn't that nice? So oh, I don't know. Awesome. I've not flown from Sofia. Um, why would you go to Bulgaria? Do you know what I mean? Why would you be there? <laughs> I've never been. I've not been to Sunny Beach. The One of the worst airports I've been in was Charles de Gaulle. 
Oh yeah, Charles de Gaulle is terrible. It was awful. It felt really unclean. It might be different now. Lovely Paris, but yeah, I remember feeling. I like doubt it. Yeah, it was. It, it was filthy. Um, where did we we fly out to? Bouvet is it Bouvet as well? I think that was shite as well. The, the French are not like mad on their airports. Obviously, they're like no. So sorry, French. No, nice. Love, love you. Really. you. Um, love you though, French. Toulouse airport was nice. I flew from there. That was nice. Did you? Yeah. Fabulous. Cool. Anyway, sorry. Back to your other back to haunted airplanes themselves. So, first one I'm going to focus on. Now, this is technically it's not an airport, but it encompasses an airfield and kind of RAF vibes. So, Biggin Hill Airfield, which is in Bromley, is one of the most haunted airspaces in the UK. So, ghosts have been seen in some of the lanes surrounding the airfield and in the houses that were built on the old airfield as well that are meant to be empty and from all we've covered we know that pilots seem to be pretty active ghosts they do like to linger in the airfields they once worked at they were clearly their happiest in in a lot of these places but also a lot of men who have lost their lives in an airplane that's quite like a sudden traumatic way to go so Mm. is that why they hang around who knows but they can be seen in their old pilot's uniform, wondering about the airfield, flying in the sky, wondering about the houses. And they're they're pretty, like, nice sounding hauntings. You know, they're not, they're not scary. They're not there to, to be yeah. negative. They're just there. And kind of the same can be said for the Phantom Spitfire plane that can still be heard to this day above the airfield. And it's a very distinctive noise and people can hear it flying in the sky when it isn't there. And people who have actually seen the plane say that it performs a victory role before it completely disappears in the sky. Oh, good for them. Sure. I'm like, you're living your best after Dead life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the this. The spectres of pilots and airmen are, are not just in the airfield. There's actually been reports in the roads nearby of seeing the spirits. And when I was reading this article, somebody put this story up about their ghost encounter. So I'm going to read it out. I'll pop it in the show notes. And it's in the chapel of St. George's, which is in Biggin Hill. So the person says, whilst putting together my boom, A man who worked in the building told me that his friend has recently seen the figure of a man, an airman attire, but upon investigation, he couldn't find the mystery figure. Just a few miles from Biggin Hill sits a delightfully named Leaves Green and the pub here is said to be haunted by an airman. And although the sightings do appear fleeting, the main ghost said to haunt the premises is that of a miner who died from a terrible accident in a chalk mine in 1896. His completely broken body was taken to the pub nearby and it seems like his restless soul never really left. In this village and in the pub, many ghosts are seen, heard, and they are poltergeisty. So they can be heard with like slowly creaking floorboards when no one's there in the middle of the night. There's flickering lights. There's unnatural cold spots. And also there are objects in the pub move about of their own accord like the ashtray back in the day we'd all just kind of move about <laughs> now do you ever hear a story and I'm like is that a ghost or is that drunk men <laughs> yeah <laughs> or, is it, I mean? or is it just like or is it just like really bad architecture like over the years <laughs> like just a sliding like, table they're like who needs measuring spirit let's just do it 
Yeah. Do you know what that means? Yeah, measuring uh, like a, a spirit yeah, yeah. level, babes. You that know, thing, babes, yeah. I'm a lesbian. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I have a builder. So well acquainted with DIY. <laughs> um, the next thing I'm going to talk about is a very brief story, and I'm surprised there weren't more stories about this, but this is a story about Lockerbie. So this is kind of more of a weird coincidence, premonition vibe. So a young female flight attendant was persuaded by her family to retire from ever flying again after the horrendous Lockerbie disaster, which was in 1988, obviously in Scotland. Her mother used to have this horrendous recurring nightmare that her daughter would be killed in an aircraft. So she was like, please stop, please stop. I can't can't even bear the thought of you going to work. So she was like, okay, fine. I'm going to change jobs. So this lady trained as an accountant and worked um, worked her way up and was in her office in the World Trade Center in New York where she died on 9-11. Oh, my God. I know. So her mum kind of did have that premonition. So that girl was from Lockerbie, did you say? She was a flight, I don't know if she was from Lockerbie, but she was a flight attendant who worked those flights and oh, said, please oh, give up. after. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, God. Yeah. How bloody unlucky, eh? And tragic. Awful. God. Awful. And it's quite yes. recent as well. Like, all of these stories in the world the world wars and, like, ancient buildings. But this, the World Trade Center was, you know, in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. It feels mm-hmm. recent. Yeah. And to end this episode, and I'm sure you know about this, Laws, I'm going to talk about Flight 401. Now, I didn't really know about this until I researched it. And the thing that struck me was how avoidable this was. Yeah. Oh I know this one. God. So on December 29th, 1972, it was a crisp cold New York day and a flight took off from JFK heading for Miami. The plane crashed just 19 miles away from Miami in the Everglades and 101 lives were lost. 75 crew and passengers survived this crash. But again, it was so avoidable. So the reason this plane crashed was because the flight crew became preoccupied with an indicator light on the landing equipment on the plane. They became so fixated on this faulty indication in the cockpit, they hadn't actually realised autopilot had been disconnected and ultimately the plane began to lose altitude and crashed into the Everglades. So super avoidable and things have obviously changed now and we've become a lot better at checking things and being safe, etc. But there's still a hundred or lives. Yeah. By the way, can I also point out that crash? Seventy was it seventy five people actually survived. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the trauma after surviving what no. do you know what I mean that moment before you think you're gonna die and then you're like, Oh, I lived. That's great. But also, like, horrendous. It, it, it began to descend for four minutes before it crashed. <gasps> oh my god! Like the oxygen coming down in that, I'd shit it. It's the stuff of nightmares. Nightmare. So, mm-hmm. This is. I couldn't believe what I was reading when I read this. So, days after the crash, wreckage was received re- retrieved from the nearby swamp. And parts that were still usable, and I've actually put in brackets three question marks. I'm like, are you joking? Were used on Eastern Airline planes. And unsurprisingly, sightings began of Spectre's ghosts on the same model of planes, which was a Lockheed L10111 TriStar. And they were seen within three months of the crash when these parts had been reused. 
And one of the first sightings is a flight engineer on one of those flights from Atlanta to Miami was really surprised to enter the cockpit and see a uniformed crew member already in his seat. And this man kind of turned around to him and said, oh, you don't need to worry about the pre-flight, I've checked it, and then vanished into thin air. The engineer then recognised the stranger as Don Repo, and Repo was one of the people who died on that flight 401. He was 52 and was one of the 101 people who lost their lives on that day. The plane, which was packed with holiday travellers, there was like a couple who had just been married and a couple of weeks earlier, awful, slammed into the Everglades and basically, can you imagine the trauma? But basically this this flight this flight engineer has been seen ever since and he has a very strong presence. So the, the flight engineer who is called Don Repo has a son called Jay Repo and he says his father came to visit him on his wedding night. And as he and his new bride entered the sparkling clean room in a lovely Miami hotel, they obviously hadn't told anyone were they chosen or anything? And they opened an empty closet and on the floor was a pair of Eastern Airlines plastic wings. Mm-hmm. Um, lovely. So he's present and he he has shown, shown himself. So there is him and there is a guy, Bob, who is the pilot of the plane and they are really commonly seen. So they have been seen by passengers and crew standing in the aisles, the cockpit and the galley. Also the word cockpit is really funny. So Mm -hmm. an example is the vice president of Eastern Airlines boarded a flight from New York and chatted away to the pilot. And he totally assumed that that was the pilot in charge of that plane and kind of went away and thought, where have I seen that guy before? And looked at the kind of documents, paperwork, and realized he had been speaking to Bob, who was the pilot that had died on that flight. And he was so confused and thought, how could this have happened? But he has been so many times seen so many times after this and another time the captain of another flight was asked to just check one check on a passenger in first class who was sitting there in a pilot's uniform bolt uh the the senior flight attendant said he was like dazed pretty perplexed and like not really responding to them when they, they spoke to him and he was also not on the passenger list and the <gasps> captain came by and recognized him as bob <gasps> my god the flight engineer sorry no i was gonna say like isn't that wild though that like um you die in a horrendous accident like that and then you're still kind of like you know not cursed but like do you know what i mean i would never want to be on another plane again (laughs) like do you mean unless he loved his work so much and he's just maybe kind of thought about um so as I said, the flight engineer, Don Repo, has also been seen, has been telling people, you'll often tell people that come in, like, don't worry, I've checked the plane. And obviously, he hasn't. And he has also appeared in a really weird way a couple of times, kind of scary way. I don't know if he's a prankster, but a flight attendant on a New York to Miami flight, the exact route of that crash, opened an overhead locker to find Bob's face peering out at her. <gasps> I shit it. <laughs> I would run. Where would I run though? We would be like that video of that woman, like that motherfucker is not him. <laughs> oh god, yeah. We would. Maybe she did see we something. Would. We don't know. Possibly, by the way. We Maybe should do another episode on that. 
Look at research this and know how haunted airplanes and airports are. Like, she might not be wrong. Mm-hmm. And another time, a flight attendant um, is said to have seen Dawn's face, so not Bob's, Dawn's face, peering out of the oven door. And then she <gasps> called two of her colleagues and was like, oh my God, there's a face in the oven, there's a face in the oven. And they both saw it. And then he whispered to them from the oven, watch out for fire <laughs> in this plane. On the return oh flight, an engine failed and had to be shut down before it would have caught fire. On return to the galley, the flight attendant saw an engineer fixing the oven. And when she asked him later about the oven, he said he hadn't fixed it. It didn't need to be fixed. And as kind of suspected, she believed Don did save them. And Don was the engineer that she saw fixing it. That's that's crazy. Isn't it? I also also read, I don't know if you're going to, if that's another one of your stories, but like I also read that this Bob um, captain also helped guide a plane out of like yeah, trouble like he was like a sorry sorry on sorry no no you're fine like they're good eggs they are good eggs yeah um another day a crew in the cockpit of the airport said to have seen don sitting in with them he warned them of a faulty electrical circuit which was found and replaced but there's also reports of bob having been seen doing the pre-flight checks on the aircrafts and he also told ground staff he'd already completed the checks when they came to go and do that However, the pilot was unnerved by what happened and cancelled the flight. And then, well, in the cockpit one day, preparing for a flight, another pilot heard loud knocks from under the floor beneath him. He opened the trap door to see a vision of Dawn looking at him, which then vanished and disappeared into thin air. He wanted to look further and then found a problem with the plane that could have caused a serious accident or complete crash of the aircraft. Oh, my God. Perhaps more compellingly, all of the salvaged parts of the crashed plane were removed from aircrafts, and Bob and Don have never ever been seen again. Wow, I know, and that's so they're so they'd like imprinted on those pieces, really, like yeah. And uh, that's where I'm going to end it today. I think that's quite a nice one to end on. That is, that's like so, sp- by the way, great episode, babes. I was like proper, like, I didn't even have to do any research. It's amazing. <laughs> um, that's like, do you know that one thing that I was thinking, like, see, as a pilot, I would be so freaked out. I wouldn't want to fly again. Like, do you know oh. what I mean? If I, even if they did help them, which they did, I'd just be like, no. Nah. Can you, you know imagine, I mean? like you said, the trauma for the 75 survivors? Oh, oh my God. God. I mean, when we were coming back from Italy, there was like a, the tiniest little bit of turbulence, like not like you see on planes and, and like Home Alone and that. There was literally like the tiniest bit. And everyone was like, oh, like pure freaking out and stuff. So can you imagine like actually going, oh, no. I think if my friend Callum or Alex are listening, they will, they will, um, my God, my brain has stopped working. Vouch for me. That is the right word, isn't it? They would vouch for mm-hmm. me that yeah. I can remember when, the worst turbulence of my whole puff coming back from Amsterdam. I thought we were goners. It was awful. <laughs> like the plane was tilting from side to side. So you were like, oh my God, it was awful. And like Callum had nail marks in his hand and I kept going, are we going to die? Are we going to die? I really thought that was it. Oh my God. 
Do you know, I'm supposed to be, so I'm flying to Copenhagen with Fern, or not with Fern, but I'm supposed to be meeting her there in like early next month. And that is like my one fear that like I'm on a plane by myself and that happens. Like I w- I'd love to be, like if I if I did die on a plane, I'd want to be with something. No, I wouldn't want to be with someone I loved, but I'd like, do you know what I mean? Because you don't want to go through that and experience like that yourself. Do you know what I mean? I know it's not nice to think of, but like, <laughs> because my brain goes to worst case scenario because I hate flying. I'm always like, if the plane was crashing, like, how would I phone my family and leave a message? Because you wouldn't get a signal. Oh, shit, you'd have to, like, send a voicemail or something and then be like, hey, bye, guys. <laughs> yeah, just WhatsApp note it, like, sorry, I'm going to die. Oh, my God, housewives forever. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, oh, my God, you can have my Diet Coke. Bye. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Take it. Anyway. No, this is like this is very morbid, and this is a real true fear of mine. Like, no, I know. I actually hate it. We yeah, laugh because it's too scary. Like, it's too scary. Like, I I have the same fear as you do, babes. Honestly, oh, it's like oh. the complete trust in another human being to keep all of you alive, which is quite rich coming from a doctor. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Do you know what really put me off one time? I watched this documentary on, I think it was ITV Classic, and um, it was about, it was like literally Ryanair pilots and how they get trained. And like, see, tomorrow if I had 50k, I could literally walk up to Ryanair and be like, I want to be a pilot. And then they'd be like, okay. And like some of the kids that were pilots were literally like 19 years old. I mean, some of them probably couldn't even drive at that point point and they're like I'm just gonna land the plane one of them looked 12 years old I'm not even joking I was like Jesus (laughs) no I was like well for sure that's what they do and I I won't go on but it was quite frightening (laughs) it's like oh my god do you know what every time I walk on like the Aer Lingus flights it's always like a dad aged person and I'm like I like that (laughs) yeah I I like I have to say I like it when it's a woman because I'm yeah. like, she must be shit hot at her job because she is a woman. Mm-hmm. And also, um, if it's an older guy, I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> 100% agree. If it's a, a young guy, I'm like, no. <laughs> I also take it too far at duty free. That is one good thing about the airport, duty free. Duty fees are great. They're fabulous. They are good. I used to love it when, like, when I, I I used to smoke very briefly and um I used to be like, oh, my God, bring me back 200 fags from GA. I feel like, oh, my God, 200 LBs. LBs please but yeah I hope you enjoyed this episode I found it super interesting to research I did and I genuinely think that you've got a full episode on that bloody one Denver airport and you by the literally. way I'm not joking literally is this going to be my new ADHD hyperfixation bitch it might be it might be add it to the list with North Korea <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and Rosemary yeah. Kennedy that was one of my hyperfixations do you know uh, is it JFK's sister, Rosemary Kennedy? Um, was she the really fit one that they gave a lobotomy to? She was like yeah. gorgeous. They gave mm-hmm. her a lobotomy yeah, because know. she had PMS, and she was literally <gasps> a vegetable for the rest of her life, like fully incontinent. That's awful. She was such a hottie. Every time I see pictures of her, I'm like, she's smoking hot. She was literally and in not that they should... unable to talk for the rest of her life. Cannot believe Horrendous. that was allowed to be done to her because she got fiery before her period. Fuck off. <gasps> Fuck off, by the way. Like, not that I'm saying that like uggos shouldn't get that, but like, or should get that, but like, I was quite shocked. I was like, that's terrible. It's so wrong, but also like, I'm so glad we're in the modern day. Is are things great? They're not, right? No. But as I was saying to you, my period's been due this week, and I have been like a total bitch. 
Yeah, I was a total bitch yesterday. Not well. unreasonably, yeah. but still like just shorter than I would normally be. I'd normally be a bit more forgiving. But then today mm-hmm. I was just like, that's not really my job. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not happening. I am, um, like I said, la- like last night when I was at the festival with my brother, like he was like, oh, I really need to pee or whatever after we saw Pi Harrison. And um, literally like... I th- he must have come out the toilet and like went outside because he thought he said I, he thought I said I'd meet him outside but I meant like outside the toilet so he walked past me and I was waiting for like 10 minutes and I was literally about to kill someone I was like so furious that he was taking so long in the toilet so I shouted at him which I don't normally do but it's all because of my period wild. they're wild so like if I was born in that era like I probably would have been lobotomized Genuinely, I'm not saying that to be glib. Honestly, thank God times have changed. We should definitely do an episode on Rosemary Kennedy, though. Like, that needs to be covered. Well, we are looking into Patreon episodes, aren't we? So we had Patreon last year, and we enjoyed doing it. They were kind of general chit-chat tangents, but we want to up our game. This is the year of upping our game. So we Mm -hmm. want to be able to give you guys proper bonus episodes every month. That would be a good one to do, you know, because yep. it's not really like definitely. So it couldn't really fit. Maybe or I don't know. It could go in like like oh, the Kennedy curse pulled up. Oh, Kennedy curse. Do you know? I was reading about that recently. You know, the whole Kennedy curse thing and stuff. And everyone's like, do you know all that was though? It's just like it's white rich people just doing whatever the fuck they like, and 100%. that sometimes gets you into trouble. Yeah, percent. Totally. It's like the Murdoch family, like that documentary on Netflix. I know, that's wild. That is wild. It's that, like how long were they untouchable until they weren't? And you're like, this isn't like terrible bad luck and it's just Alec. They've all been scumbags. He's just been caught. Yeah, and has that guy actually been, like has he actually confessed to why he shot his like kid and his wife? Like, because he definitely did it, so. He hasn't confessed, No. Um, Andy, Andy, think he killed the maid. I think he did. Or I, th- I think, I think he was. He, I think he killed her because she found out he had a drug addiction. By the way, I just need to like point out a a, a note that my chair is super creaky. I haven't just been farting for this episode. <laughs> really she has been farting. She's been doing it, guys. I've not done it. It wasn't me. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I he's a scumbag, but that was also a hyperfixation for me for a bit. Mm-hmm. Aka like last night. Me too. <laughs> me too. I watched like all the documentaries at work once. I'm sure we spoke about it. That's why yesterday I was like, uh, "Yeah, please, we totally have this." <laughs> but I was doing something so so invasive that I was like, "I need to double check she knows who these are before I send her screenshots of Maggie Murdoch's face." Yeah, you were. To be fair, babes, you're like major sleuth. Like, love it. I am. I am. Do you know maybe I sh- maybe that's what I should do in my life? Just be a sleuth. Well, I'm a nosy bitch as well, so I'm like <laughs> I'd be up for that. We should have like another like we should be a sleuth agency, like set up. Oh, we could be like we could find people who are being like they want to find out if they've been cheated on or something. Yeah, well I'd be able to catch you in like no time. <laughs> be like, I got it, bitch. I got it. Uh, uh, but yeah, no Yeah. Amazing episode amazing episode like thanks it. so much babes i did i love it and i want to do more research tonight or tomorrow 
Yes. And let me just double check. What are we doing for next week? So we are, we are so planned this time, guys. Like we are really putting our all into this podcast. So next week is which episode? Yes. I know. We're also going to do, obviously we spoke about episodes coming up. And one of my friends here knows all about kind of Irish folklore. So we might well be getting her on the podcast, which would be brilliant. And yeah, we've got like, we got quite a lot of like hype gals last week. Which we did lovely. get a lot of hype gals. Thank you so much, guys. Really we appreciate have had it. a listener, Sharon, who's been there with us from day one. And yeah, we're super thankful for you and all the time and effort you've, you've put into keeping in contact with us. And also Emma was our hype girl. Emma was our hype girl. Thank you, Emma. We love that for us. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, we're thankful. And also, can't believe that 65% of our listeners are in the States. I can sort of believe that because they do like sort of Scottish stuff, don't they, over there? And spooky stuff. Anything you guys want, just let us know. Hope you like this episode. And we will see you next week for our witch episode. See you next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.